0: This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. We're talking today with Mark Ford, Principal of Security and Privacy Services in the Healthcare Provider Practice at Deloitte. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mark. You bet. One of the tasks that Chief Information Security Officers are tackling now is compliance with the beefed-up HIPAA Privacy and Security Regulations under the High Tech Act, and that includes new breach notification requirements. So what advice would you give to CISOs about Educating their board of trustees as well as senior executives at their organization about these new requirements.
1: Well, I, th- I think now is the time to to really be doing that. Uh, we're kind of in the early stages uh, of the High Tech Act, <clears throat> and what will, what will also be uh, impacts coming out of health reform that was just signed by the president. Um, and it's it's important now to uh, start the education process. And and uh, the, the way we're we're helping our clients do that is to to really get some discussion going on with senior management about what the impacts uh, may be uh, coming out of of the uh, High Tech Act, things like um, this uh, breach notification and and how um, PHI or uh, uh, patient health information is being handled within the environment and and the facts around some of that, such as you know. The, uh, the reputational potential impact that could happen if, uh, some of that information is divulged inappropriately. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty significant from a, a fine perspective. We're seeing that with the high tech rules. There's this time around, there's going to be what we're saying is more teeth in the, uh, in the high tech rule than the HIPAA rule originally had, um, and being driven out of, uh, the OCR, the ONC, the, the the organizations that report up into the Health Human Services. And um, that's actually going to have a fairly significant impact. So uh, where we may not have seen as much of an impact in past years with HIPAA, uh, we expect to see quite a significant more, and we're starting to see um, breach notification uh, responses actually have to get posted out on some of the government websites today.
0: What specific steps should hospitals and clinics and other provider organizations be taking right now to comply with the breach notification rule?
1: Well, um, for sure you need to start to get, that, get your arms around the rule itself and what, what your uh, requirements are going to be to for response. And to do that, it really takes some, some effort around understanding where your, your data is vulnerable, where this information is today, and how it could be. Uh, potentially breached. Now, realizing that many uh, healthcare organizations they still have have this information in hard copy, and they have it under physical protection controls. And and under the uh, HIPAA original rules, there was a lot more stringent safeguards put in place around that. But it, but as the um, the move toward electronic health information becomes prevalent, and as you know, high tech has really driven an emphasis around getting getting on to Uh, electronic medical records, there's a a need to take a look at where that information may lie and in what forms it may be um, available uh, inside the hospital systems, inside the the payer systems, and outside. And uh, there may need to be uh, programs around your breach notification process itself. You know, I would say taking a look at, make sure, one, you have one, and and two, that it's up-to-date and it's ready to respond Uh, there are some limits that the rule uh, comes out. For example, one of them is if if you breach over 500 records, then you'll have to have some level of of notification um, and potentially media media notification. So um, if you can have a responsive capability to be able to, understand where a potential breach is, triage it, and respond to it, then you have the opportunity to maybe stem that flow before it becomes uh, something that is a significant um, impact to your reputation, and much less the fact that you have a, a potential breach on your hand. What we're finding is that many of the uh, the breaches are coming from media that, maybe not what we call structured data that's in inside a database, but more uh, unstructured data some that is is carried around by people on their laptops or or on their handheld devices or is streaming over uh, a, a network line that is uh, outside the organization but unencrypted and those are where the mistakes are happening where where breach can actually cause you the most pain so you got to kind of look at what's the universe of where this data is where it's moving to and how can you um, how can you do a, a good job of getting your arms around it? Um, it's a really important also that uh, your management is involved with this program, and that there's a tone from the top that this is very important. And because uh, what we've seen traditionally, especially in the health provider sector, is a certain amount of, of uh, uh, it's not I wouldn't say it's a lacked attitude, but it's it's a, 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 a of attitude toward uh, IT and IT systems, health systems, because, you know, let's face it, the, the, the providers are there to to deal with the patient situation and to um, save lives first, and, and that is their job, and that's understandable, but at the same time, you know, this information is very important, and um, the privacy of this information and, and what its impact is to the people is, is significant, which is, you know, being uh, recognized and realized through these new breach notification rules.
0: Many hospitals took a best-of-breed approach to acquiring niche clinical applications from multiple vendors over the years. So today they face the challenge of making sure those dozens, if not hundreds, of applications are all secure. What advice do you have on how to tackle that enormous task?
1: We've seen a very similar type of process, um, I'd say, you know, kind of equating it back to the 90s when, when we had the Y2K event and, and the same type of issue was was at uh, on the table for companies. There was disparate systems all over all over the place that had data, and, and they needed to get this the date uh, problem fixed. Well, they had to go through a pretty comprehensive program to be able to assess where that information lie and change the systems to affect it, and that was pretty laborious to go through. Or, in some cases, uh, uh, they took the opportunity to uh, upgrade their systems to newer, more modern systems that provided the capability. In the box, so to speak. Uh, That's a big ERP wave or the enterprise resource planning tool wave like um, SAP and and Oracle Financials. And, And that wave really helped organizations jump ahead of that problem they had with Y2K, but it also provided a lot of value to. The organization. I anticipate that that's one of the things that's going to happen, especially for those environments where you have that kind of ability to fund that type of investment. In fact, we're starting to see that with some of the major hospital systems today. The key for, for those who may not be able to go in and put in a big new um, clinical information system uh, then maybe to take a very risk-based approach on how they're addressing the problem. What I mean by risk basis is find out where your most important or where the most vulnerable um, applications are and uh what it takes to fix those first and really zeroing in on where's the potential for you to have breach uh potential and then uh take carrying those on a prioritized basis. It gives you the best possible way of uh, of dealing with it. In some cases you may not need to change many of the uh, information systems because you may be able to to tell from your risk analysis that um, it's just not something that's it's going to be a high potential for to, for it to be breached and uh, the potential for uh, and the, the cost associated with changing it is just not not something that you want to factor in so uh, that's what we are always recommending is take that very risk based approach on how you deal with. Uh, a heterogeneous
0: environment like that. So, do you think hospitals may be gradually moving away from a best of breed approach toward using software from fewer vendors, so they're easier to manage and e- easier to keep secure?
1: I, I do think so. I think over time we're going to see more and more of that. This is this high tech hack is going to be one of the, I would say, events kind of like the Y two K was uh, back in the nineties. To get this process done, uh, sometimes it takes that uh, in the IT world, uh, some type of an event like this that really spurs the uh, spurs the investment. Something that, say, the hospital system had been wanting to do for many years, but you know, this was the event that really kind of uh, moved them forward to invest the money. Uh, the, the thing is, is that nine times out of ten, you're going to come away with a much more secure, but also much more efficient. Uh, uh, system that you put in for your for your hospital system, and it's going to give you the opportunity to really enjoy a much longer success with uh, the new systems, as opposed to having all these uh, disparate systems that don't interoperate that well together are not really uh, connected, so that they can leverage you know electronic medical records uh, effectively. As an example,
0: the breach notification rule in the High Tech Act uh, includes a safe harbor stating that organizations that properly encrypt data using a specific form of encryption don't have to report major breaches. So what's your advice on how widely hospitals and clinics should apply encryption to mobile devices, desktops, email, and even databases on the back end?
1: I'll go back to um, what I mentioned uh, before. You need to start this out on a risk-based approach. So if you're you're thinking about encrypting everything everywhere uh, and just going and doing it, sometimes that's not the most economical way. It's kind of an overkill. And uh, that may not be what you need to solve your problem. And so the cost associated with doing it may not be very valuable. So taking a, an approach which is to understand where, uh, where your data lie and, and what information really needs to be encrypted is the first step. Now, yes, Safe Harbor is that opportunity to encrypt the data both in transit as well as in rest is, is what we like to say. If it's in the application, uh, moving through the system across your network, so to speak, it should be encrypted in some form or fashion. Um, and then you know, ultimately where it may lay in a database or potentially on a laptop system. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, one of the biggest vulnerabilities we have is, is unstructured data, that information that is not contained within the, the clinical information system uh, or the database that support it, more that it's pulled off as a report, and that's kept on someone's laptop. So if the laptop then is now unencrypted, now you have data uh, uh, private information that's riding around on somebody's laptop, the laptop gets stolen, you know, fill in the blank there. So where you may have very strong controls within the application itself and within the database and surrounding the database, if, you, if you're not also thinking about uh, where that data may end up on a PDA, for example, then you have to uh, rethink how you're how your data is moving across the organization, and how do you manage that? I know uh, Deloitte itself has a lot of laptops, and we deal with client data in the same way. We treat it just like like a hospital system would treat PII. And um, we had to go through a whole process where, you know, we needed to encrypt all of our laptops. And uh, we also use PDA, so the PDA is a big concern for us as well, although that's a little bit more challenging when it comes to, you know, encrypting the information that's sitting on a PDA.
0: Okay, to wrap up, what other advice would you offer to uh, hospitals and clinics in terms of taking a risk management approach to information security rather than just a regulatory compliance approach?
1: What we typically talk to our our clients about is looking at what their program is holistically. First, you know, like I said earlier, you need to get a handle on on what the, the compliance requirements are going to be and then to apply that to your organization, it makes sense to be looking at it across the organization from a, a holistic perspective. We're, we're typically looking at our clients and helping them assess uh, what we call a, a, a common security framework. And and that will allow uh, the company to start doing standardized programs and processes within their security and, and compliance program that address it Address the problems that they may be having, uh, both you know based on what their business needs are, you know access to the data to provide patient care in a clinical system, in a clinical environment, or uh, looking at it from what the high-tech HIPAA rules are going to be uh, looking for. And so there's a regulatory component, a compliance component, and a you know baseline security tools and policies component, and that's what you build into a framework type of program one of the ones that we've been involved with that is is hoping to become say an industry standard is the high trust CFS uh, uh, framework as an example these types of frameworks come come available f- on an industry basis and it allows uh, the industry to start to come up with common ways of doing business so that um, you know it's standardized uh, a good example of this and in the uh, in a merchant industry is the is PCI or payment card industry standards that came out around security. There were security rules specific to payment card and how do you uh, appropriately handle credit card information. So that standard is a, is another uh, good example of what we think is going to emerge and what um, our clients are going to uh, get it and be getting their arms around. The other thing I mentioned as well is really getting uh, senior management involved early. On these um, these types of issues, what you typically see in in a uh, in a in a client's uh, environment is management really not having a hands-on understanding, if you will, of what the security vulnerabilities are. It, it's an IT issue, so they tend to, you know, the, the business side of the house tends to want to say, well, that's an IT IT thing. I'm going to leave it up to the IT and kind of throw it over the fence. Well, in this case, it really um, it can't be because it's a business issue, and especially when you're dealing with the data at the level that you're dealing with it uh, at, in, in the hospital environment. So the business is really going to have to embrace what the requirements are and make sure that that they're they have a compliance program that is that is linked well into their security program. May even consider moving the security information traditional information security program into a more business risk Type of program, or at least combining that those together to to start to connect the dots between business risk and compliance with uh, IT security. I think it's a, a real uh, trend that we've seen in many other heavily um, heavily regulated industries like uh, financial services, and that trend has been going on for quite a while quite a while now, and I and I think it'll continue as the maturity of information protection, information security. It comes to the table and, and we're addressing these types of things in IT systems and, and beyond, you know, and it's driven by the need. The need is be, the the regulations are there because there is a need. Um, I know our Congress wouldn't have gone through this level of uh, pain and agony to get these types of uh, regulations out there if, if it wasn't a demand by the citizens to, to have these kind of things in place, and I agree with it. Uh, it needs to be there, so uh, protection of of, of patient information is, is very important, and uh, our, our, uh, our clients are taking the necessary steps to get there. And it's, you know, a lot of that is being driven by the regulation itself, but at the end of the day, I think we're all going to be the better for it, especially when we get to uh, where we have electronic medical record systems that are properly secured and properly protected, but also available for the health systems when they need to provide care to. Um, the citizens in a in a real-time fashion, no matter where you may be.
0: Thanks very much, Mark. We've been talking today to Mark Ford at Deloitte. This is Howard Anderson of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.